0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome to Tech Talk This Morning when you're scrolling through your favorite website or app have you ever stopped to wonder how quickly and seamlessly all that data is being delivered to you and in today's fast-paced world we expect everything to be instantaneous uh, especially when it comes to the internet but with the increasing demand for personalization and security companies often struggle to deliver fast and seamless online experiences. This is when Fastly comes uh, around, and they're a company that is leading the charge in revolutionizing how we experience the uh, internet. I have Arthur Bergman with me, the founder and chief architect of Fastly, the company powering the world's most popular digital experiences. Arthur, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I don't know where to start with this, Arthur. Uh, I mean, um, explain to me a little bit. Where the idea of Fastly came from, and how you got to creating it, and what was the kind of spark that that started it? So the
0: the story starts. Uh in 2008, right. uh, so quite a, a couple of years before the company started. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was CTO at a company then called Wikia, now called Fandom, which is kind of a commercial Wikipedia. Yeah. If you search for any kind of popular culture things, you usually end up on, on Fandom. And if you think of a, of a wiki page, doesn't change very often. right? But when it changes, it has to change right now because something, you know, is happening.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, we started and we grew in the U.S. Uh, it was founded by Jimmy Wales, who founded Wikipedia. And performance was was okay. It was, it was fine, um, but then we started having traffic outside of the U.S. and performance was uh, pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, you know and. Uh, we, we looked around the market for these kind of solutions, and they all were built with an assumption that content doesn't really change. Mm. And of course ours didn't, but, but when it did, it had to. Mm. Uh, so we tried a couple of the existing solutions, and then our users kind of revolted because they would edit things and not see it. Uh, and so it's not great for a collaborative editing <laughs> environment. Uh, and so in 2008, uh, I took uh, uh, two servers as Chuck Luggage and flew to London yeah. and uh, built what eventually became Fastly's first pop. And uh, we integrated that with our with our wiki software, uh, and we have a, a feature called uh, Instant Cache Invalidation, which is basically a message you send that says that this content is no longer valid. Mm. And uh, we can do that worldwide in 150 milliseconds. Wow. Uh, and so now you had a situation where if the content hadn't changed, we would store it locally in London and now all over the world. And so if you were close to there, you would go to our uh, POP, which is point of presence, which is a collection of servers. Uh, we would find the object. We would serve it from um, locally. And if we didn't have it, we would go back to the US, fetch it, and then store a copy so the next person could get it. Right. Uh, and then when someone hit edit, we would send out this cache invalidation message. And the next time you hit it, we would go back fetched the original, uh, the new original and then update it. And uh, you know the, the time saving is pretty, pretty immense. Uh, we think the, you think speed of light is fast, but uh, you know from here to the US East Coast and back, it's probably about 250 milliseconds for light to go there and back over fiber. And so, if you think of a, of a you know any kind of interaction, you add two hundred fifty milliseconds to every single part of that interaction. And if you have four interactions, you know it's a second. Mm, mm. And um, my guess is you know we have a pop here in, in KL, and it's uh, when I looked from the hotel, I was nine milliseconds away from it. Mm.
1: Uh, and so that saves a lot of a lot of round trips. When you done this and you realize just how quick it was. Um, what kind of was going through your head at that point? I mean, did you realize how big this thing could become? It took a while. It took a while. <laughs> uh, took a this while. is a
0: huge... It, it's a breakthrough, right? Yeah, so the first thing we saw, you know, before we started Fastly was just that in the places that we put these uh, servers, uh, our user engagement grew. Right. Because people <laughs> consume more content when it's faster yeah, and they don't have to wait, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And so in 2011... You know, I'd promised Jimmy I would stay four years, and so in 2011, I was looking for my next thing, and uh, that's kind of when we started realizing that this was something that a lot of other companies also wanted. Right, uh, and the, you know, the internet had evolved to a much more dynamic, user-generated, fast-changing environment, rather than yeah. Kind of older static <laughs> websites. Right. And so we founded Fastly in 2011, uh, me and, and, and a few others, uh, and uh, Wikia became our anchor customer.
1: And you're no longer walking around with the servers in your back pocket checking these servers in at airports and things anymore? Anyway. Uh, no, no. I, I'm not. Good. Um, I, I guess then, the, what about scaling? Because something like this, you know, what are the challenges when it comes to scaling something like this? I mean, is it as easy as, as going somewhere, plugging in and a pop as you mentioned and it just working that far or how, how does it work? Explain that part to me. Simplify it for me just a little bit. Yeah. You, could.
0: <laughs> uh, it, you know, and all honestly from like a physical way of looking at it it is that simple right. you know you you add a new location yep. that location starts getting traffic from that area, and when you you know you have enough traffic, you add another location mm. um, but there's a lot of software behind that makes that possible mm. uh you know the software that makes sure that you you know you are here in in uh, uh, Malaysia that you get the pop in Malaysia and not the pop in in Sydney, which is pretty far away mm. um but at the same time, if there is a security you know, incident that DDOS an attack, we need to be able to move the traffic around and protect uh, mm-hmm. our customers. Uh, 2D software that runs on the on the servers, uh, that you kind know, of distributes out the data. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of complexity in the underlying software. But once you have that complexity for for a given piece of software, then you can just add more
1: locations. Right. Talk to me a little bit about the the uh, security aspect of things as well, because obviously during the pandemic, we've got people working at home, a lot more people working from home, doing hybrid work and that kind of thing. And they're bringing their work home. And with that, security issues arise. How did you guys deal with that? What were some of the things that you, you thought needed to be addressed? Yeah, so we have...
0: Um We have dealt with with parts of the security landscape from from day one, Um, initially primarily around the denial of uh, service attacks, Mm. uh, distributed denial of service attacks. And uh, that is essentially a bad actor uh, trying to take a site down by overwhelming it with with bogus traffic. But there are also versions of that, like the denial of inventory attack, which is where you attack a, a E-commerce side by grabbing things, putting it into the baskets, and them dump buying, and now other people can't buy, uh, which is kind of a different form of denial of service, but fundamentally not that different. Like you're mm. trying to to harm a business uh, by by filling it with bogus requests or bogus traffic, and we've been doing, we've been protecting against that um, uh, for, for, for for a long time. Mm. Um, we also protect against uh, kind of application level attacks. Uh, so we acquired a company in Q3 of 2020, Signal Sciences, uh, that has a, a web application firewall product, a WAF, uh, that runs. Uh, uh, on the edge, it can run a bunch of different locations, but but on the edge, and so it kind of protects you far away from your uh, where you store your data. You try and stop the attackers as far out as possible. Um, and those attacks are, you know, people trying to to hack in, people trying to steal passwords, uh, people uh, trying to you know, gain access to private data. Um, And so that is a a large part of what we do.
1: Mm. Okay, let's just take a a short break here. Uh, Folks, um, I'm in the studio with Arthur Bergman um, from Fastly, a company that is leading the charge in revolutionizing how we experience the Internet. Um, I have so many questions for you. (laughs) I'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9.
0: Bring forth money. BFM 89.9.
1: BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome back to Tech Talk this morning. I'm in the studio with uh, Arthur Bergman, the founder and chief architect of Fastly. Um, I have questions written in front of me, but there's questions i want to be asking you that are not necessarily written down in front of me uh, and i suppose right now one of the the big topics of discussion and, and the thing that everybody is discussing is ai and generative art and all of these kind of things and particularly stuff like chat gpt and google bard and how are these things now being uh called into question in, in the industry that you're in uh, you know what is it like and how does it in how does your company get involved with this side of things? Yeah, you know,
0: I uh, I remind people that uh, AI existed before ChatGPT right. appeared. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's also been amazing to watch how by how OpenAI AI by making it so accessible to people have
1: just over the past few months, it, it's it,
0: been crazy. Yeah, it's amazing to see, and you know the 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 kind of creativity yeah. uh, that that I'm seeing is it's it's impressive. It's like a, a really uh, kind of fundamental shift, I think, for every, everyone who didn't know what AI ML is, it suddenly opened yeah. their, their eyes and mind. Yeah. Um, so for us, uh, you know we have we have some internal use cases and you know there's the like any other company, I'm sure there's business processes that can be automated and, and so on. But from a customer perspective uh, you know, there's two there's two parts to, to MLAI, right? Like one is you collect the data and you build the model. Mm. And the second part is you now have the model and now you're running queries against the model. Mm. And uh you know, we on the with the edge cloud network, right? That is not the place you want to build a model. <laughs> but it is the place you want to execute the model mm. because it's close to the user so you collect right. all your data you use one of the you know some, um, core cloud providers you build your model and then you can put the model on our edge and you can use it to you know do image identification or Whatever the 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 ML thing you want, you want or AI thing you want to do, Uh, and so we're starting to see a a lot of interest from customers. Really, of figuring out how to to push that down uh, to users without Mm -hmm. having to go back to their central data centers. Right.
1: What what about um, spikes in use right now as well? I mean, I I was talking to somebody very recently, looking at stuff like Midjourney, for example. You know, which is As we've seen just in the last few months, the the recent iterations of mid-journey, I think now we're on version 5.1, and just a year ago it was version 3 or something, and that that change over just the the past few months has been almost meteoric, you know? It's crazy, and now everybody is talking about this. Are you seeing spikes in usage through your platforms? I'm, I'm not sure.
0: If I know if we're seeing spikes in usage specifically for AI mm. applications, um, because I haven't necessarily looked. Right. Uh, but we are, in general, used to seeing spikes. So, so, one of the kind of advantages of the Edge network is to be able to handle uh, immense spikes yeah, of yeah. traffic. And if you build your application to use the Edge effectively, efficiently, uh, for whatever the use case is, your ability to withstand these kind of usage spikes is, is much higher. Um, but I, I don't know exactly. The, the, the usage spikes happens you know, on a daily basis. There's some, some, some use case out there that gets it. There's also the big sporting events yeah. that are very obvious um, large spikes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I don't actually know if any have been directly...
1: We, we had something here recently, people trying to buy concert tickets. Um, I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, Coldplay are coming to KL for the first time here in Malaysia. Um, they had this pre-sale thing where, yeah, you're nodding your head. No, no yes, yes. you, you've, you've heard about this then, right? Um, what kind of solutions for something like that is available though? I mean, other people, and I don't want you to put you on the spot, who have created the software for that, or that are they doing something fundamentally wrong, or are they doing something that just needs a tweak to make it work?
0: So we have uh, we have a lot of experience of things like uh, conference tickets, yeah. sneakers, yes, Xbox, PlayStation yes, Five, yes, yes, um, and uh, you know you the the uh, there's a lot of uh, human. Uh, invention or ingenu- like ingenuity going into trying to buy concert tickets right and uh, there are there are uh, multiple ways of solving it uh, I and uh, we do we help our customers do it uh, part of that is you know detecting fraud uh, allowing them to to have great visibility on what's happening on their sites mm. being able to block uh, and uh, trying to you know Prioritize traffic, like who is a real user, who is not the real user. Mm. Uh, and so I would say that, that a lot of people get stuck there because they didn't anticipate this was going to happen, right? Like they, they do something really interesting, yeah, uh, but they naturally focus on getting their product to market. Mm-hmm. And then when the product gets to market and it gets too many users, <laughs> then it falls over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you have, but you have to ask yourself, like, if you'd focused all your time on making sure it worked, would you ever have gotten to market? Right. Maybe, maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so we, but we've, we've, we've had many times where we've had you know, customers come to us, they've launched something and it's not holding up because popularity, and we help them you know, re-architect or uh, figure out how to use our solution. To help uh, mitigate that, Mm. like in conference tickets, you know, one one way you do that is like the waiting rooms, right, right. Uh, But a lot of that rush is is malicious actors, right? Like people try to buy the tickets, multiple
1: tickets, right?
0: Yeah, to then resell it, yeah, right. And there's even examples where people grab the tickets, they put them up for resale, but they don't actually buy them until they resell them, Mm. Mm. right? And so you have Basically, zero risk arbitrage mm. uh, on this and mm. uh, so so the the span of defending it is 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 pretty wide, but it's also different like if it's legitimate users, then obviously you can't block them, right mm. so then you have to prioritize or give waiting lists, or you know, people have creative ideas for invites and so
1: on. So there are ways and means of dealing with this, right yeah so you operate in three main areas, correct um edge computing. Network services and security. Yeah, yeah. How do these three aspects kind of interplay in, in, in your strategies and your offerings? So, if you
0: want to have a great online experience, you need all. You need it needs to be fast. It needs to be reliable. It needs to be secure. Mm. Uh, you know, if it's not secure, it's not going to be reliable. You know, if it's not uh, fast, it's not going to be reliable. And so you. At, you know as a customer as our customers want to reach their users or their customers uh, they want a unified solution that provides that performance uh, benefits of fastly without uh, sacrificing security but they also want the security without sacrificing performance mm. uh, and the compute platform is the underlying platform that these products are built on top of so mm-hmm. the, the network services and the uh, security software, security services are all built on top of that compute platform. Uh, and that that I would say how the how it fits together.
1: Okay, now, and moving forward, I guess I mean. We're, we're, we're talking about networks, cell networks, in particular. They're talking about five G. You know, it's something that fairly recently has been introduced here in, in, in Malaysia. And with five G, you get increased internet speeds. Um, how do you plan to stay ahead of that curve in delivering, you know, this seamless online experience? Because the demand is going to go up, and a lot. I think the idea in Malaysia is that most people have two mobile phones here. Uh, in, uh, on average, you know, how do you keep up with that demand?
0: Yeah, it's the the, so the mobile phone penetration is really cool in, the, in these markets. Yeah, um, I, uh, I mean, the easy answer is you just do, right? Like, there's, there's no alternative. Yeah, uh, but it, it is it's really about building up the pops and then the software to make sure that we serve traffic. Uh, the right way, mm. and so one example on the software side is uh, there's a new protocol uh, called uh, http free So we have HTTP/1 and HTTP/2. Mm. HTTP/3 is is uh, fairly new, uh, and it was uh, it's built on an underlying protocol called Quick. So the other the HTTP/1 and 2 HTTP are built on TCP, which a lot of people have heard of. Quick uh, is, is built on UDP, but it was really designed. Uh, to help uh, work well on mobile networks mm. uh, where you had less reliability and you have, you know, they didn't have the same focus on um, performance. Uh, and uh, we have invested heavily in Quick. Uh We hired several of the people who, who were involved in creating it. We've been supporting it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we see customers seeing a 20 30% Speed improvement just by switching wow. from 2 to yeah. Uh you know, and you know Google has been behind it, Apple's behind it, so all the all modern devices uh, have started talking it. Uh, so that's like uh, on the software side uh, of doing it. I think what we do know is every time we give users more bandwidth, they use more, uh, and every time we give. Uh, Users and app developers more bandwidth they use more, Mm. and so people do ask me like, you know, what do you predict this extra bandwidth will lead to? And I don't know, but I know that every time we give people more bandwidth, new use cases come up. Uh, And we want, you know, our goal is not to predict those use cases, but to have the the network, the tools, um, the capacity to take those uh, Mm.
1: new use cases and allow people to Mm. to do that. I, I've got one last question before I, before I let you go because I'm running out of time and I've got to wrap up. Um, where are you going to go next? What are you going to do next with, with Fastly? Uh, and we, We're speaking about AI. We're speaking about 5G. We're speaking of... What do you... I, I, I don't want to ask you to predict, but I want to ask you to predict, I guess, you know, if you could pull out, you know, uh, like a crystal ball or, or something, what would you see... Um, is the future of the internet and how it works, whether or not it's edge computing or whatever. In in five years' time, where do you think we will be and how different do you think it will be from what we're seeing now?
0: I think there's two parallel tracks here. One is just when you look at video. Mm. You know, it's OTT, we're not going back, right? So like, whether it's live or, or VOD, uh, we're just going to see more and more of that, hmm. and we're going to see more live, uh, and we're going to see more r- demands for, you know, higher quality, again, as people get better devices, they're going to expect better right. quality, yeah, uh, and less tolerance for, you know, a minute behind broadcast. Uh, I was uh, uh, at the, was a conference in... Uh, Amsterdam called IBC, uh, International Broadcasting. And I was talking to a company today, and they do both radio and uh, TV and online. And they're now slowing down their radio broadcasts for sporting events because the radio is too far ahead what? from the online. <laughs> uh, right? And that is, not, you know, wow. that works, but that's wow. not the greatest solution. We need to make the online be really, you yeah. know. Live, yeah, um, instead of slowing the radio down 10 seconds. Wow, that's the first I've ever heard that. (laughs) Yeah, I was was the first for me, too. Yeah, um, but then you know, for the applications, it's more you know, real time, more interactive, Mm. less waiting, Mm. you know, seeing what's going on, um, whatever you know. Wherever, whatever the kind of application you are, people just want a more interactive experience. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to be...
1: And they know, want just, it now.
0: Yeah. yeah. And they want the data to be up-to-date. They want whatever, you know, whether buying or booking or reading or whatever it is. Mm. Uh, we don't, like, no one likes to wait. That's right. Uh, and so I think on that's on the application side. And then we keep just seeing, you know, way more data, right? Whether the data is used for AI or for viewing or whatever it is like the, the amount of data available to be consumed is growing um, at the same rate as it's being consumed mm. so
1: well on that note i should probably wrap up shouldn't i Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here. For me too. Arthur, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I've been in the studio with uh, Arthur Bergman, the founder and chief architect of Fastly, a company powering the world's most popular uh, popular digital experiences. If you did miss any part of this show, I urge you to download the podcast. It's available via our app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. For Tech Talk, my name is Rich Bradbury here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Listening to a podcast from
0: BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.